This episode of the Fair Game Podcast is brought to you by the Fair Game Golf app. It's like having a clubhouse and a scorecard on your phone. Connect with golfers across the globe, find people to play with, and track your rounds all in one place. If you want to show off that new putter or flex that you're about to play a top 100 course, you can do that too. It's like any other social media app, but just for golf. Best of all, it's 100% free. Head to the Apple or Google Play stores and check it out. Fair Game, the app for golfers. Welcome to the Fair Game Podcast. We've got, I'm in New York, Ian, you're in you're in Northern Virginia, and we've got Sweden on the podcast for a little East Coast, uh, you know, Europe situation. How, how are we doing, guys? Pretty good, man. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. I'm in Stockholm, Sweden. Nice. Wait, is, is it actually snowing outside or is it just cold as brick? We say brick here in New York. It is actually snowing a little bit right now. Do you play any snow golf, or you're just like the clubs are away, and I'm not touching. I'm not touching a stick. Uh, uh, we don't play in snow, uh, but <laughs> um, we're actually based in like a golf simulator place in central Stockholm. Nice. So we have our like shopping shop here, uh, and it's um, around ten simulators. So we do play some golf indoors. <laughs> For sure. Nice. How's everything in Virginia, Ian? It's definitely like the off season now for sure. I was in Florida for Thanksgiving and come back and it's like, wow, we're, we're, we're here with winter. So um, probably putting the clubs away for a little bit. And uh, yeah, I definitely want to bug David about like why Sweden produces such elite golfers for being in seemingly <laughs> a terrible location for producing elite golfers, including uh, Aubert, you know, our next, or the yeah. air yeah, that's Seriously. crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you, you raise a fair point. Let's just talk about that for a second while, while we're on the topic, because it is fascinating, because I think about that with not only countries that just don't have the ideal weather conditions for golf, but then also a lot of professional golfers that live in places that aren't conducive. It's it's fascinating to me, but I guess I think if anything, from my perspective, then I'd leave, love to hear just from you guys, especially you, David, like golf is obviously you know if you're on the tour you're in florida half the year anyways right but then also i think the game has changed so there's so many opportunities to play indoor outdoor like you can you can stay dialed uh even if it's snowing outside so i think it's cool but i don't know what's your take on that david uh i mean first of all i think it's uh it's dependent on the amount of public courses we have in sweden so there's no there's like there's i think there's one members club that you can't access but otherwise it's it's all public so there's a lot of of courses i think for being a small country i i think we have one of the highest uh golfer per capita in the world uh i think that's 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 the main reason that it's may it's more like a public sport in Sweden. It's never been I maybe it was more elite before, but it's not elite now. Everybody plays. So I think it's it's due to to that fact mostly. And it's fun because I followed we followed Ludo by before he broke through, basically, when when he still was, you know, he was at a school just hitting towards the screen. Like there was like it was very rough conditions, and then all of a sudden, you know, college he played fantastic, and now obviously broke through on the, on the PGA tour and everything. But 
I think I think that it comes down to it comes down to to the the amount of golfer and and that it's a public sport um, in Sweden. So, there's a, so so it's a lot of golfers. That that's beautiful, man. Um, so can you set this record straight? How do you pronounce his name? I mean, it's a little bit that's dependent on on where you are in 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 Sweden, based on on it's a very tall country, so we have different accents. Uh, but I would say Ludwig Orberg. Ludwig Ober. There we go. <laughs> not Aberg. Aberg. <laughs> Ludwig Aberg. Yeah, that's what us Americans do. So, I mean, I've followed you guys a little bit on Instagram, and we've connected in the DMs and whatnot. But some people listening may not know. So maybe we can take a quick second. Let's pretend we're standing on the first tee, and we just got paired up like a bunch of randos. Um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do. Who wants to go first? Should we flip the tee? I'm flipping the tee. Ian's going. <laughs> uh, name's Ian Gilly. Uh, 34 years old from Northern Virginia. I love golf. And I run a small company called Sugarloaf Social Club and basically just make fun golf gear and accessories for us sickos um, around the world. <laughs> so um, that's, that's basically it. There's a lot more to that, you know, behind the scenes with our agency and some partnerships, but you know, uh, public facing, we just kind of have an Instagram account and, and a golf brand. Uh, it's, it's so cool what you're doing, Ian. I must say that. I mean, we obviously looked at, at, at you guys, uh, because we launched uh, later, but okay, here we go. David Setterland, born and raised in, in Sweden. I'm from, from a small town called Aarhus, like, like, or, uh, which is, uh, Aberg, so Aarhus. And, um, been running an advertising agency uh, here in Stockholm, and then uh, around three years, we we started dipping our feet into golf. I mean, we all been playing golf, obviously, but um, uh, then we started Local Rule, and that was we went live last year, and uh, now we're gonna enjoy our second year, which hopefully we're gonna turn out pretty good. But um, yeah, I mean, um, I. Leading the the product development uh, and creative directions at Local Rule, and uh, that's basically it. Nice. I mean, I have to say, I don't know what it is. You're in, so you're an ad guy. I mean, I've worked in advertising and design and stuff. I don't know what it is about this whole. I I think there's a shift of like all these creatives that are that have probably low key been into golf for years, and then a lot of them are deciding to take the jump. Did you always play? Like while you were working, because for me, working in advertising was insane and golf was my palate cleanser. Like what was your work-life balance with golf when you were in the ad game? I mean, we've always played like, uh, I mean, it's go- it's gone up and down, obviously. We like, um, it's been off a couple of, of years and then you take it up again. But since we've been playing from when we were like five years old, we had a golf course. It's actually like a really, really nice golf course now um you know 500 meters from our from our home so we basically lived on the golf course but then you know stuff happens in life and you if you're starting a business or whatever yeah you play less but um but the last couple of years we all obviously played a lot more uh so it's always been a passion we haven't had you know it's never been completely off uh and uh you would think you would play more now when you run a business within golf, but you actually don't, uh, which is uh, interesting because you have to focus so much on, on building your brand. But, you know, I, I'm probably average uh, 30 rounds a year and then 
plus the off course indoor stuff uh, this season. So, so it's, uh, I mean, it's still quite a lot. For sure. No, I hear that. Um, I don't know. Just to pivot, do you guys? I was catching up on some news this morning. Uh, obviously, over here, the biggest thing that's happening is the is the golf ball rollback. Um, but beyond that, are there any things just within the world of golf, on the course, off the course, apparel style design? Like, what are you guys interested in right now? I think there's a lot of noise personally um, in golf, but I think there are some interesting things. So I like to at least ask people what what are they intrigued by? What are they thinking about? Um, et cetera. I don't know. What are you guys looking at right now? Yeah. I think Andrew, to your point, like, you know, every, every day we kind of see a new golf brand pop up, you know, on Instagram. And, um, I think it's awesome to see, I've said it before, I think, you know, rising tide is going to lift all boats and get more eyeballs from every inch of the world, you know, into this sort of scene that we're kind of spearheading. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of noise and some overlap and, I mean, it's really, really hard, you know, like we've been doing this since 2017 in earnest and have kind of been very conservative and slow growth and like you find us sort of thing. And so, you know, I do, I wish everyone luck. I mean, I think it's in within this kind of apparel and accessories community, like I'm seeing a lot of positive connections come out of it, like folks helping folks and connecting people with their vendors. And like, that's, that's kind of a beautiful thing to see. I think there was some like protectionism there going on. Um, even, even, you know, in my head, but now it's kind of like, who cares? Like, let's just make some cool stuff and, um, support our friends. But, um, you know, beside the sort of boom in the micro apparel brands, I think the other sort of fascinating bubble is probably the wrong word, but like boom that I, I, I see going on in golf is just the, the amount of construction and development, um, on the high end and from the municipal level, I think like middle, middle ground daily fee golf is like kind of dead or at least the like the 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 building towards something that's going to be your traditional sort of like weekend warrior daily fee course like those aren't really coming about but we're seeing like an absolute embarrassment of riches on the you know the private destination course side from the resort destination side of things um and like if we weren't if we were already living pretty good with band-ins and sand valleys like now we're gonna have more courses at Pinehurst and Cabot and whatever Kaiser's doing in Colorado. So it's just, you know, the next couple of decades are just going to be absolutely insane for folks who have some disposable income to travel to these amazing places. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on the flip side, like there's a huge interest in municipal golf and kind of like alt golf things going on right now and short golf. So um, really, really bullish on kind of what, you know, they've done down at the park and, in South Florida and national links trust guys here in DC. And I think they just opened a little or a renovated course in San Francisco, nine holes the other day. So um, that's cool to see. Like there will still, I think there will still be on a local level for, for, for local, local rate people who live near these municipal courses, like affordable, accessible, high, you know, architecture IQ golf. And that's just awesome to see. Agreed. Yeah. What about you, David? What are you seeing? I mean, first of all, I think, you know, golf has turned cool again. It was a couple of years. It wasn't cool. I mean, if you look back to like, you know, the Alma Palmer days, um, you know, the vintage style. And I think that's what made us like, okay, do do we want to do something on the golf scene? So looking back to like, because we, we were consultants and we were consulting on, you know, big brands and doing their stuff. And we wanted to build something our own. And we saw like, 
a gap in the market. It wasn't happening a lot on on the Swedish market, Scandinavian markets, in terms of what was happening on the golf scene. We saw a lot of trends from, yeah, from from the US obviously and and from Asia of of lifestyle coming into golf and breaking barriers, and that 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 made us tick, right? So there was something to be done in that space, and uh, and we also, you know, we're all about breaking the stereotypes of of how you should look on the golf course you know you can have a you can have a polo that's fine it uh, it can be super ugly as 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 soon as that's, if it has like a collar you're fine but to wear like a, a cool sweatshirt that's not fine so we was like there's something to do about this it's like unwritten rules and we want to you know create our own local rules and that's how the name came about as well so i think um I mean that's 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 one part, and also, you know, it's to like make it more, you know, uh, that everybody should be able to play, make it more diverse in in every sense. It's always been like elite sport, and I think that's more of a problem of of different of other countries besides Sweden or the Scandinavian countries. And we want you know to be part of that change to to make golf accessible for everyone. Yeah, for sure. It is interesting when you think about. Obviously, well, a couple of things. One, I think that golf in Europe versus golf in America are very different things, right? Or at least the foundation of those things are very different, right? Because if you go to Scotland, at least my experience there, and I've only been there a handful of times, but like, it's much more of like a, you know, you just, you're a person and you happen to play golf. It's just more of like a casual thing that there's a golf course every few miles. You can go play. It's not a big deal. Um, but at least, but in the States, I, and look, those places do exist in the States, depending on what state you live in first and foremost. But then in most, most places in the country got like, I live in New York and like, you know, there's a few, there's public golf courses that I play. I'm not a member anywhere, but then I think a lot of people in golf, their first experience in golf is this like gate kept, Oh, are you a member here? And all these rules and all these things. So I think it's fascinating where you think about this idea of, accessibility and approachability and then when you really think about growth what that does and when you really you know like just break it down that way like you did so well you realize why sweden is a place where there's some really good golfers coming out because if any kid can go walk on a range and pick up a club and and hit some balls and figure out they like it it just makes it versus having to join a club and do this and deal with all these rules it just over over time it just create so many more opportunities. So I find it very interesting. Um, yeah. One other question that I love to ask, uh, just because I think it's very weird and nerdy um, to play a round of golf. Like I think of this podcast as a round of golf with some friends, um, but I think it's very weird and nerdy. I would never do this. I would never play golf with friends and just talk about golf. I always like to think about like, what else are you looking at? What else are you interested in? Like, are there any other things that you guys are looking at, reading, listening to, poking around with that, uh, you know, intriguing you right now? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, this is, these are going to be like a, a, a cacophony of cliches, I think for like what a 35 <laughs> year old in America might be interested in, but like really, really went down the bourbon rabbit hole this year. Okay. I just find like communities that have like, like layers of craft and sort of, um, I don't know, brand, like, like there's branding, there's craft, there's, like heritage, like, I don't know, like I found a lot of that, like in my deep dive into like bourbon this year. Um, you know, I love, I love cars. I mean, I take my little kid to cars and coffee every, 
every Saturday morning, and he's sort of sort of caught that bug with me. Um, and what what is, what is that? Cars and coffee. Oh, cars and coffee is I, I maybe it's like an American phenomenon, but it's basically you can pretty much find it in every town. There's like all the cool car nerds on Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings, like meet up at a specific parking lot and have coffee and look at their cars. Mm, okay. So that's, that's kind of fun. Um, you know, I like watches. I like I, my, my kids gotten back into star Wars. So I'm busting out my old star Wars toys. I mean, the, the truth is Andrew, like, you know, it's like, and, and David, maybe you have kids, but like, if you've got a little one in the house, like your free time goes to like virtually zero. So you've got to focus on yeah. Your business, Correct. your family. And so, I mean, I'm not going to like give you a big, like my summer reading list with all these like interesting intellectual, like <laughs> newfound like hobbies or something. Like, it's how basically right. or, or he's, how... <laughs> he's turning three soon. So, um, yeah, my, I have, I have a three year old at home as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we're all in the same zone. My son's four. Yeah. We're all, we're all in that, in that, uh, that dark zone. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's funny. Question about the cars and coffee, though. Are you bringing your coffee? Or are you making your coffee there? Ooh, so um, if I have time, like I will make my I love I love making coffee like at home. I feel like that ritual is just just something that like sets my sets my day off like perfectly. Um, but if I'm feeling lazy and the and Teddy's giving me a hard time, we'll just get it there, um, which is fine. They've got Illy there. It's OK. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's you know it's more about am i getting a donut on the way or getting a muffin at the at the place so um for sure nice i gotta find the cars and coffee here in new york it probably wouldn't be the same it would just probably be us like standing by the subway <laughs> there's a bunch of guys on the street with their kids but it would, that sounds fun it's like it's a good just casual hang and i like that just that notion of i mean you're right when you have a kid your free time goes out the window but also at the same time i've learned i'm in that age as a dad where you start to realize that every minute of your day is important and you maximize it, number one. Um, and then number two is that you start to realize that there's so much value in not only spending time with your kid, but doing things that your kid likes, but then also bringing your kid to things that you like. And I think that's where that's where you really start to like, you know, just deepen that relationship. So I think it's really cool. Have, have you, have you brought, brought your kids to golf, like to simulator or like to range or anything? Oh yeah. Um, we, we happen to live on like a public course. So I sneak in the summer, we sneak out on the you know fourth green after seven thirty, and just, he loves it. Like it's, you know, I never really forced it on him. I think I just sort of thought, cause like at some point, like we were all introduced to golf in, in different ways and maybe yeah. it was a family member or maybe it was like a whatever, like forcing you to do it. And I was like, this has got to come from like a natural place. And so like, we, I just kind of bought some target plastic clubs, put them in the corner, would watch golf YouTube here and there and just see if he sort of took to it. And he, he loves it. Like he loves yeah. cars, star Wars and golf. Like that's it. <laughs> that is his life. Nice. <laughs> I have one time. Uh, I've only done it once. I took Remy to, I, we, I played nine with him this summer. Uh, he had a good time. He just likes running around. Honestly, uh, he'll hit a couple putts, uh, my favorite thing is like my son likes to putt. Uh, I got him like a little junior putter now, uh, like a real metal one, which he loves because uh, when he was a baby, like I got him the, the little Tykes plastic set and he had no interest in that. Like he'd be like, oh, what about that Callaway Apex 7 iron that you have in your back? And I'm like, that's too long for you. But he would like hold it and try to swing it. But he likes his putter, but he puts uh, 
croquet style, like through his legs, which is really funny. But I'm like, hey, man, like whatever. Hey, swing your swing, dude, which is really fun. What What about you, David? Do you take your kid out? So I also I bought him um, a, like a plastic set, but that broke after, you know, maybe a week or something. Uh, and the plastic ball disappears. So um, like, a, I mean, maybe uh, during the summer, I, sometime I bought, I bought him a, like a real club like fitted for for him not fitted like but uh you know like a seven iron and we went to ranged uh and he's so proud of that club you know he has it in his room and like whenever he sees my club we have the same it's like it's shiny and it's heavy um so i think i think he likes it um uh, and obviously he he get exposed to it so much like you know we're going golfing dad works with golf and so on so I think it's inevitable that he's going to be, you know, interested down the line. But but I'm not forcing. I'm not forcing. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think that's important. Just like I think if anything, it's like just be around it. And if you like it, great. And if not, whatever, dude, like it's, it's your call. I think, look, if someone had to ask me now, would my kid be interested in golf long term? I'd probably say no. And I'm completely fine with that. But as long as like he's exposed to things. And I also think like there's a world where as he develops his own interests, he will probably expose me to things that I'm not interested in. And I think that's cool too. Like I want to go try weird stuff that I've never done before. Like if my kid loves lacrosse, who cares? Like, let's go play. Um, so anyways, but David, what are you um, just any off course stuff that you're interested in absorbing doing? I spend a lot of time in the archipelago uh, outside Stockholm. Uh, we have a, we have a cabin out there um, on an Island. So, uh, there's a lot of time out there, you know, just clearing your thoughts, chopping wood, uh, stuff like that. Then I'm super into skiing, um, both, you know, cross country and and uh, downhill. So I do a lot of that um, during winter time. Uh, but then it's, you know, it's 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 family that takes up most of the time if you're not, you know, working. But that's uh, I think that's basically it. <clears throat> I think nice. skiing is like the only thing that's more fun than golf. Like I just find it the most liberating. <laughs> like when you're just cruising down a, yeah. a lovely groomed green, I mean, there's nothing better in my opinion. So that's awesome. It's like, what if you would not start a golf brand, what would you do? I would start a ski brand. <laughs> <laughs> Swedish archipelago sounds like coin that term. Like, please take me. Right. It's, it's lovely. Like we're coming. Yeah, here, David. You should watch. Did you watch? Um, uh the no laying up guys was they did like a scandinavian edition i think it was last year or two years ago six or seven episodes where they went around in, in scandinavia and played golf and so on and um i think they went out into our archipelago um it's loads of islands um outside Stockholm. so it's like a two-hour commute to um to our island so you know we drive the car 40 minutes and then jump in the boat and then we go out uh and it's just you know uh, you just it feels like you you're on a vacation for like a week when you're spending 24 hours there uh so it's such a like a reload time for for me uh and that's why i like it <clears throat> yeah that's that's beautiful man i wish you know just the idea of like going somewhere back in nature kind of away from all the distractions and maybe you don't even have like seltzers out there i have no idea but like mm. that is so attractive i think to the um, like the american 
ideology as well like i think we're always trying to believe we're some sort of like woodsman or something and <laughs> internal like urge to go build a fire and you know um, <laughs> yeah anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna make it a point to be to kind of you know detach a little bit more um this yeah weekend. yeah it's nice but at the same time because i think golf is a lot i mean it's i think that's what it's about it's like you when you play around the golf, you don't think about anything else. You just, you know, you just focus on your next stroke, where you're going to hit the ball, and you know, I, it, you know, I think that's uh, that's the beauty of the sport, at least for me, in terms of why I why I really like it. Um, to get, I mean, that, that brings me to a good good question for both of you, maybe even especially Andrew. It's like I found this year, like my golf, and maybe in a long time, really, it's rare that a round is like just for me like i always feel like there's some other external pressure whether it's getting mm -hmm. content or you're with a client or you're at a an event but you know hosted by a, yep. an oem yep. or something or you're it's a business thing or it's, <laughs> you know you're with a potential member or something so it's like how do you i don't know i'm, I'm really going to try to make it a, a goal if there's any slice of free time in the future to yep. like, would love to just kind of get back to doing it for me, and it's. No, it's I, I just need to agree on you because I be, we I basically ruined the golf because it's like that. <laughs> we have to do this moment, we have to do this shoot. You know, we it's. Um, I I long for the 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 rounds without pressure of of capturing stuff. <laughs> it's a sacrifice we've done for others, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. That is one thousand percent true. It's like, and look. Working in golf, because this is, I mean, I would say this is, this is my first time working in golf. Uh, I'm not from the golf industry either. And I think it's, uh, you're right. Every time I step on the course, I'm either thinking, oh, I'm here. Oh, I need to shoot a thing or, or you're playing with a person. And look, it's part of the business, which I get, but you're right. I think uh, I do miss those. I'm just playing and, and there are no obligations, which is, that's why golf is awesome. I think right now, the way that I'm able to do that is pretty much the rare occasions that I get to practice. That feels like my time where I don't have to do anything. I don't have to shoot anything. I don't have to gram anything. I'm just free. So I'm trying to figure out more ways to do that. And hopefully next year, more rounds of golf where I'm just doing it and I don't owe anybody everything. I've, I've kind of like intentionally sometimes said like, I'm leaving my camera at home. Like I'm going to go play with friends. I'm like, I'm not taking... I'm not taking my, no, I'm not taking a picture. I'm going to go play. I'm playing golf. I'm not working. Cause I think sometimes those lines, when you work in golf, those lines get blurred very quickly. And I've learned that like the, in time, like the, the healthiest relationship of golf and work when you work in golf, where the golf is not work is to have clear delineations where, okay, either today I'm going to work, I'm in work mode. And then today this is me time and I'm not working and I'm not doing anything. And then it just is what it is. I would say on the, on the flip side, like we're the luckiest guys in the world. I mean, we get to work, work in golf, a game we love. And it's, it's you know, it's, there's really no complaints at the end of the day. For sure. So we know David's obsession is skiing. Uh, what is, and look, everybody has at least, you know, two vices and obviously you have to pick and choose which one uh, you want to put your time into. But Ian, if you're not golfing, what else are you nerding out on? We know the bourbon, like, but what is your like go-to activity if it's not golf? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, really took up fly fishing in the, in the last few years. And there's a lot of opportunity in Virginia to, 
to kind of quickly quickly drop a, drop a blue line and like everything that goes into that hobby um kind of scratches a similar itch with golf but like again this is something that like i don't need to capture or share or show you know community i don't have a fly fishing brand so um you know the from the like adventure side to the gear side to the the craft of flies and being out in nature um that that really gets my gears going um you know sometimes when i'm driving these courses in the middle of nowhere i'll just like stop on the side of the road if i see some water and hike down there and it's really not ever about like catching a fish it's just like standing in that water listening to the stream roll by birds chirping no cars like that like those five minutes can like kind of power you for the next you know 50 days so um that would be one of my other expensive vices i guess <laughs> How, how's the fly fishing community it's really good it's really good i mean it's um there's there's still a little bit of uh you know folks aren't willing to give up their like honey holes i guess um but there's also so much water and so much land um that it's it's kind of like a it's a bit of a individual endeavor you know there's there's maybe you got a few pals you might go might go out with but um i don't know maybe i'm just drawn to like the individual sports i guess uh, that you can do with people or do by yourself so i have one friend that is that is completely obsessed of fly fishing uh you know he travels the world go up to this like you know streams in in northern russia like you know pretty far off the grid uh just to to do it so um it fascinates me yeah surfing golf fly fishing i mean these things can take you all around the world you know it's like an excuse to go on an adventure basically pretty much do you think there's then i have one more question then we'll take a quick break do you think there's something with and i don't know this just popped into my head do you think there's something with men that uh there's a you're like here we go no no this is not weird but like for me, right, as a dude, uh, I need me time and just me by myself. Like, don't get me wrong. I love playing golf with my friends, but my favorite way to play golf is by myself. And when I say by myself, obviously, it's either I'm playing so like a solo round or I'm at the range by myself. But also for me, by myself means me playing with I could just go up and I play with three strangers. And I consider that by myself because. I can just, you know, I'll, you know, casual conversation, but I feel like there's no, ba- I, I owe these guys nothing because I don't know them. Um, but do you think there's something with men? Because when you talked about fly fishing, like to me, I see that as like a solo sport or another activity that has so much more me time. Or if you think of hunting or other things, I think there's lots of things that men get into where it, it at least for me, it creates that environment of like, is just you by yourself. And sometimes there is that social component, but I don't know. Do you guys think that's a thing or am I being crazy? No, I think, I think there's some sort of like carnal, like some, you know, deep inside our id where it's like, at least for me, like I am worried 100% of the day about how am I going to provide for my family? Like, how are we not going to be like homeless tomorrow? Like, (laughs) how are my kids going (laughs) to get through this, this world? And so to me, it's like, I'm just constantly like thinking of stressors and pressures and then trying to like fight through those by being productive and like, and while still being like a, like a supporting piece of the family, like emotional puzzle. So um, I think those, those sort of were driven, you know, to those sort of individual corners to 
decompress and sort of like like un un you know detach i guess from some of those really heavy external things and i think like a, a funny it's funny you say that because like even even when i golf with my friends like i'll come home and my wife will be like well what'd you guys talk about and like nothing like we didn't <laughs> you know even i think even if you're golfing with people it can still it still naturally becomes like an individual sort of like column of time so um i don't know i find that kind of fascinating that is so true i think it's also i mean men we always we always do some kind of activity when we hang out it's always based about doing something we don't usually don't sit down and just you know talk to each other uh so it's it's i think that's that's part of it uh and it's fun that you know with when you're out playing golf around the golf and you come home and it's like are you happy yeah i'm happy but i played shit so i'm really not that happy but you can't you know you can't you have to hold it within yourself to be like i've now been away for six hours uh and you have to be really positive when you come back <laughs> yes that is that is very true um really quick last question before a quick break how did you guys start playing did you guys both like grow up with the game like did your dads play moms play like how did you guys get into the game initially for me, it was like, I think everybody played. Uh, all my friends played. Um, it was like just part of it. You know, we we had golf practice and then we were picked up to go to soccer practice like one hour later. Uh, so it was, uh, it was just like sports that ev- everybody did, basically. Um, and obviously my, 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 my dad and my, my mother also played, but it was more of that every, every friend that I had played. Cool. Ian, what about you? I, I I grew up in Chicago, um, Southside Chicago, and seemingly there's a golf course, you know, in that city on every every corner. So um, really, and and I mean, growing up on a golf course in Chicago is not like un, you know unheard of. So it's like it just was a natural part of uh, my my childhood, um, and had older cousins and uncles who lived on the other side of the course, and they're playing, and my dad's playing, and grandpa's playing, so basically a, a family affair um and that sort of snowballed into at some point had to choose soccer and golf were in the same season in high school and had to choose so um golf golf took the took the mantle and and sort of played competitive golf you know through college so that's that's how it went nice awesome all right let's take a quick break this is we've reached the turn what what are we getting for a snack? Are we gonna go hydrate? You guys want to get some food, a power bar? What are we What are we thinking? I, I was gonna get some more Rice Krispie treats my wife made the other night, but I've since eaten them all in two days. So oh, hello, homemade Rice Krispie treats. There's not there's nothing better. Yeah, the brown butter like gourmet Rice Krispie treats like sign me up, man. So <laughs> Ian's gonna go get Rice Krispie treats. I'm gonna go make a cortado. Um, okay, we'll be right back. Look, we've all done it. It's a slow Tuesday and your boss is out of town, so you sneak up for a round. But you still want to flex a little bit that you're playing that course before your buddies do. The Fair Game app has you covered. You can set up your round and when you tee off, all your buddies will know about it. They can even hop in the comments and talk smack while you're playing. Want to post a video of you hitting the purest shot of the round? You can do that too. All without your boss knowing. It'll be our little secret. Fair Game, the app for golfers. All right, guys couple more questions for the back nine so let's talk a little bit about your respective just you know brands and projects and what you guys do i always love to 
identify, I guess, what I call that genesis moment, the spark, the moment where you were like, and David, you talked a little bit about it, but I want to go a little bit deeper. But what did you see? Well, there's a kind of like a two part question, two parts to this question, because I think sometimes when you're around the game and you see it, you're looking at the landscape and you're seeing what's out there. And it's, it's at least from my perspective, either something is missing or something is missing for you. And I think sometimes that sparks some thinking and, and creativity in terms of like, I want to bring this to the game. But what was uh, what was each of your Genesis moments and what what does what made you guys decide to do what you're doing? Uh, mine's kind of a two parter and it's it's not super sexy, but I think like if there's like a couple seminal moments on this journey to like being a independent golf brand and kind of this huge golf space, um, one would be you know, when, when Instagram like came and I've said this before in like other podcasts, but like when Instagram like revealed itself, like in 2011, 2012, like really thought, I was like, man, this is going to be a huge boon for golf. Like this is a super visual game. All these people, like it's super, you know, visual and like, it's, this is a great platform for people to like share their journeys and sort of like show off their Pokemon cards, like where they've been throughout the world. And, um, it just, the game really lent itself to like this, this new, this new fangled tool um, that was all at our disposal. So I was hopped on there, like put our little like friend group name as like the handle and sort of like that became its own thing early on. And then in 2017, um, I, I, our boss on Capitol Hill was retiring um, and had the chance to sort of like pick a new path for my life. Could stay on Capitol Hill, could go to the private sector, could start my own thing. And so like, I always loved brands, wanted to have my own brands. Um, we were doing some light consulting for other golf brands. And so um, I was like, why don't we just, why don't we just give this a real earnest go and start a website and make some product and folks dug it and sort of snowballed from there. Like what was like, they're really in 2016, 2017, like there wasn't anything there were a few brands doing like cool stuff, you know, like Iliac and Seamus were really early. Malbon was probably just starting to scratch the surface. And like, I just wanted to make stuff for me with like my logo on stuff that I wanted. So that was it. Yeah. I was going to say, it's really fascinating when, because I think a lot of brands and a lot of products and just almost anything in the world that's ever been made, most likely at least from my perspective was made because someone just wanted to make something for themselves. We're like, Hey, I like that, but like, I wish it had this, or I wish that I did it this way. And I always find that interesting because I think sometimes when you hear these like success stories of people that were like trying to make a thing or, or do a thing, a lot of the times it's like, I was just trying to make something that I thought that was going to make me happy. Like I just want, you know, and like in, in golf, it's like, Hey, I wish someone would just make like, a really cool towel or a thing that's like graphic and simple because you know, no one else would make it because you go to the pro shop and every towel is white and has the country club logo in the corner. So you're like, well, I want something different. So I, I always find that, that really fascinating. But I think with, with Sugarloaf, Ian, I think that what you guys have done that I've always found fascinating is that you've, you've blended cultures together and cultures and perspectives where you know that the hardcore golfers love golf, but they're also into other things. And I think when you make products that allow people to express their other interests through one and in, through another interest, I, that I find that fascinating. 
Like I think a lot of um, other areas of life have probably tapped into it a lot more than golf has. Like, you know, you see collabs with skateboarding and basketball and all these other sports where you see lifestyle and, and the sport mix. So it's really cool to see, um, you know, more more of that in the game. Oh, I would I would just say, like, I'm probably selling Sugarloaf's like storytelling and sort of our our obsession with sort of these details, like short, honestly, like you're right. Like we, you know, I grew up skateboarding, but also like ended up at a preppy high school, like how can those have influenced me? And like, I love golf so much. I want to be dripping in like golf ephemera all the time, but I don't want to look like an obvious, like sore thumb golfer, you know, out in the wild. So, you know, all of those things sort of combined plus like a yearning of nostalgia, like that's, that kind of drives all of our interests on some level um, into, you know, what, what products we make and things we're into. So um, yeah, it's really just about like, being happy and through stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah we we all love stuff so david your turn i think i think like from the beginning just like when you walk into the pro shops or like you know the the malls that sell golf apparel or at least when we did we were like this is so uninspiring uh and how people actually looked on the golf courses was like we we can't really identify with this um and that was that was you know that was 20 2020 basically uh so i think a lot of stuff was happening in the us that uh didn't reach the scandinavian countries at that point uh you know melbourne was breaking through maybe they sold you know some of their stuff in in in, in stockholm but it, i mean nothing was like really visible for the public so we're like okay here's Here's a space there where we, you know we can we can we can start something uh, that is our own and products you know uh, develop products that we like um, and without saying you know on and off the course because I think that's a cliche um, in terms of of uh, golf apparel um, we wanted to create stuff that you know uh, I would wear uh, going out to the archipelago uh, as I would uh, play golf. Um, um, you know, not with huge logos, uh, subtle branding, you know, working more with um, the Scandinavian uh, minimalistic silhouettes. Of course, we bring in some, you know, vintage and, and lifestyle vibe to it. But um, we saw we just saw a gap. And let's let's try produ- to produce stuff that we like. Um, and um, yeah, and that's what we've done so far. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I also love that you guys put and maybe this is just the designer in me, but there's this like graphic nature to things that I always find to be uh, really cool and, and very contemporary and refreshing, um, at least in America. And I'm not going to like name any brands, but there are a lot of, this is Andrew's golf brand, but there are a lot of brands in golf that do things that are very bold and vibrant and full of patterns, which I get, I understand that world, but I think it's very fascinating where if you like if you like the the picture of in my head of the 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 mainstream golfer polo for the American golfer, it's probably blue. It probably has some gaudy pattern with like palm trees or something on it, right? Because for some reason, like the American market has defined for hey for the average golfer, this is what you wear. And look, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I find the most interesting about that is that the American definition 
at least from my perspective to date of what the mainstream golfer wears compared to the rest of the items in the closet of that same golfer, the gap is so wide, right? Look, and there's nothing wrong with you. If you like to wear like kooky patterns and stuff, like I love, you know, Maramiko and whoever, like whatever patterns you love, Missoni, like, you know, you like crazy patterns, like do you, but I just find it fascinating where there's been, there have been so many brands in the space that make things for people that don't like reflect what the rest of their closet looks like. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Oh, exactly. You, you, uh, it's like you dress up for a persona going to the golf course. Right. And then, and then once you get home, you put that in the drawer with all the other golf stuff and you just pick it up once you're, you know, out on the golf course. It's just like, it doesn't really make sense. Um, uh, and I think it's, interesting to just like elaborate on uh like a kpi like you know um uh, cost per wear like if you if you wear something you like more times than you do on, just on the golf course then then it's uh, then it's pretty effective um and um and th- that's what we're all about i mean we produce stuff that we would would like to wear outside the golf course uh but also you know bringing something else to the golf course uh compares to to how everybody looks so um yeah i mean that's um that's that i think that's what we're about yeah that's awesome now one quick question and this is your moment to uh this is this two-sided question i always love to talk about what do you love and then what do you hate about golf it could be the game itself or golf as a culture um, but let's start with the positive. So what do you guys love about the game of golf or the culture of golf? Let's, let's make it like a larger, larger bubble, if you will. Yeah, to me, it's, you know, it's, it's like a, it's a bevy of things, really. It's like, I can play golf, with my kid and my dad and my grandpa, if he was still here, like at the same time, that's beautiful. Like it's a game that's going to, it can take you around the world or it can take you down the street. And like, there's things to be gleaned from both of those adventures. Um, if you're into fashion or technology or equipment and gear, like check, check, check and check. Like you can have all those scratches itch. So, um, and like, lastly, like, it's just, it's a beautiful exploration of like how you handle challenges and diverse moments. and. Um, just trying to conquer something on your own and like in the variability of golf from like being able to play solo, but also as a foursome or in a two ball match against the other folks in your group. So it's just this like highly malleable activity that can be a sport. It can be a competition. It can, it can be uh, just a way to decompress and get away from the world. It can take you everywhere like it's just it's it's i don't really think there's much else out there in terms of like hobbies and interests that like have such a broad range of beautiful like avenues to explore within the same bubble Uh, i agree uh i think um i mean um it's like it's the the timeout zone you you get from everything else just um you know thinking about that stroke uh hanging out you know with friends uh i really enjoy just booking myself into a group of you know um other people that i have never met because i really enjoy that casual conversation you can you know you can go 
by yourself, but you can also interact and people, you know, open up a lot, you know, you hear uh, stories of what they do in life and so on. I think that's, I think that's a beautiful part of it, of, of meeting new people. Um, I, but I, I, it's like, it's, it's a little bit like therapy for me. Yeah. A hundred. Um, what do you guys hate about golf? There's always something. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I think we can talk all day about like, you know, bar- you know, the barriers and sort of like how seemingly inhospitable it still is to certain folks, you know, in certain corners. Um, but I do see, you know, a, a great shift, you know, happening to be, you know, more, more accessible and welcoming, you know, no matter your background or status or whatever. But like, to that point, like the thing that is currently not super personally impacting me but i know others are are seeing this every day like we're lucky like sometimes we get free golf balls like sometimes we get deals on clubs like sometimes we play golf for free like that's like that is not lost on me as like a huge perk and i'm I'm very very thankful for that but it is a very expensive game and so like to do all those wonderful things that we were waxing poetic about like traveling and new gear and just just even the greens fee at like the local like mid-level course is just pretty astronomical so i think like i'm really not looking forward to the day that you know when my kid is 10 11 12 13 and like is like a golfing you know like adult basically in the the eyes of the golf world like having to buy new clubs all the time and golf balls and paying for his round and rain session and lessons and like you know that starts to like limit this you know wonderful like utopia of accessible and approachable golf that like i think we're all sort of passionate about now i do think there is some rectification of that through like the first t programs i see are doing like an incredible incredible thing there's tons of investment from corporations and sort of like bigger resort entities into the more local local game and introducing folks to golf like i know there are companies that are making more affordable golf balls and golf clubs and um you know the every year that goes by, we'll have more and more wonderful used clubs to pull from. So, and municipal course rates are for locals are seemingly like holding at a place where it still feels like approachable. So um, that's, I don't know if that's a love and a hate thing. Like the cost of it is just, it's, it's no joke. Yeah, that is true. I mean, huh. I was going to say from a June, from a kid's perspective, because as you were talking about this, I was thinking, Cause I just, uh, I was just at, uh, this store called Zara where I buy a lot of my kids clothes and he's four and he's in an, in that age of super active and, but also growing very fast. And I can't tell you the way this kid burns through pants drives me crazy. Like he will, he will burn a hole through a thick pair of corduroy pants in like a week, like just cause he's like running and climbing and sliding. And just, but also you want to buy things that, you know, if you buy the cheap thing, it just knock it up. That, that lasts even shorter. Um, but I was just thinking about the, the compounding uh, cost of all of these things, especially with clubs and he's growing. And then like, these are too short now. And like, it just, it, you're right. It does that up. I was going to say, how do we fix that for juniors? Like, what do you think golf could do to fix that? Yeah. I mean, I think some of those things I, I, I touched on where, you know, I am, I am seeing, places like allow kids to play for free or for there's great organizations out there um from the first tee that 
you know, give kids access to golf for pennies on the dollar or nothing sort of thing. So um, I think, you know, with even some resorts are like offering shorter courses now that maybe are free if you're staying there or if you're a kid. So um, I think just making sure that like we continue to, you know, if we're going to charge $900 to play TPC Sawgrass, like we should also maybe use a few of those dollars to make sure like kids who can't afford it or just in general, like have access to clubs and courses. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't know. I was going to say that, like, I would argue, and I don't know if anybody that works in golf is listening and is crazy. I don't think it would be that hard for the entire golf industry to say, if you are a parent and you have invested the, the look, you have to get your own clubs, right? It is what it is. If you purchase clubs and you're playing and you're, you're, you have your stuff, your kid has their stuff and you've show up to a golf course. I think any golf course, twilight, if you play twilight and bring a kid, your kid plays for free. If you go to the range, and maybe the range is anytime, right? You buy a bucket because obviously you're you're not just going to go and hit balls on your own. You buy a bucket, your kid hits for free. I think that's fair. It's not that, and also like what like what are they losing? Because if I'm showing up at Twilight with my kid and my kid goes off for free, my kid's six. Like, how many holes am I going to get in? Like, I'm not really eating into your bottom line, and you are you're you're taking a barrier away that so many people are afraid of that you're not even going to notice. So anyway, that's what I think I'll should do because it wouldn't be that hard. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I'll let David get in here. Just one last thing. Like I think, yeah, I mean, I, 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 at least in Sweden, it's, it's, it's very accessible. Uh, I think the, like the, the indoor, just bringing more women to golf. I, I guess it's like 10% women playing golf in Sweden compared to, I mean, maybe it's more, but uh, indoor simulators uh, decreases the barrier because you're like there's so many rules to get out on a golf course. You're afraid of messing up or you don't you know all that uh, will you know increase the the diversity of people playing golf. Uh, so I think the 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 off course initiatives will help on that. Uh, and uh, what I hate most is is the, the lack of diversity at least on in sweden in terms of uh the people i see playing golf out on the courses uh and i think you know it's it's an elephant in the room that needs to be tackled in some way or form and and um i'm looking forward to the day where where stuff has happened on that scene um uh really really much yeah for sure i agree um so um we're getting into the holiday season uh what can people keep an eye out from you guys either coming out soon things that you're planning on doing for next year i know a lot of brands tend to drop a lot of stuff you know in 2024 earlier in the year maybe that's changing i think i think the like originally the pga trade show timeline a lot of brands worked against that timeline but i've also noticed a lot of brands have just kind of do their own thing and drop things when they drop but uh either ways what can people keep an eye out from you guys for us, we're working with um, uh, completing the the spring summer collection. Um, so there will be a lot of, a lot of new cool styles. Uh, hopefully, we can start dipping our toes on the, on the US US market. Uh, so hopefully, we will be yeah, maybe potentially in New York um, nice. next year um, to do maybe like a pop up or something. But um, yeah, I mean, we've been looking forward to going potentially going to the to the PGA Fair. Uh, we might not do it, but uh, but uh, getting ourselves over the pond would be uh, a great next step for us. 
It's fantastic. Do you guys ship to the States? We ship worldwide. Awesome. Time to do some shopping. Ian, what's uh, what's coming from Sugarloaf? I know you guys have the, the course now, by the way. Is that f- fully operational? Yeah, that's um, the Sugarloaf Field Club um, opened in basically August uh, this past, you know, a couple months ago. Um, it's it is it is open. It is thriving. It's, you know, we probably opened a year early because, well, we had to bring the course back from this overgrown field and we sodded everything and fix all the irrigation and prove the clubhouse but yeah it's it's a fully functioning thing and a huge project on our end um and it's 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 functioning as a a very small you know the model is just 40 50 members um and we're gonna have some outside play and events as well uh there next year so that's been an awesome awesome pursuit and i don't think it's the last time we'll get into like the physical manifestation of like what sugarloaf is in the you know real world and um definitely gonna do some more course or putting courses or trimming course projects here for sure. Um, you know, on the brand side of things, like as much as it might look like we have our like shit together, like it's just, it's just <laughs> one day at a time, honestly. And sure like, I don't know what we're doing three weeks from now, you know, let alone three months from now. So sure. um, just always trying to, uh, you know, you're sort of like putting out this present fire of like stuff that's coming in this week. And then you have to be thinking, you know, months ahead, hopefully um to because like we need product in january so um you know like today i'll probably be designing hats and head covers for february you know that sort of last minute and that's kind of always how it's been scrappy on our end but um definitely have collabs with quiet golf next year um original penguin we're redoing a um a partnership with them should be a cool collection um there's a brand out of japan called makino that we're uh gonna do a, a 20 putters with that are going to be really, really cool. Um, exploring some partnerships in Korea and Japan. And um, yeah, there's, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Look, for someone that doesn't know, you have a list of some cool potential stuff going down. So that's, that's sick. I'm into that. Uh, last question. So when and where's your next round? Where are we playing next? It could be inside, outside. Where are we teeing it up next? I'm probably going to play Lufoot and Lynx at the indoor simulator here nice have you played that course in real life no i haven't uh and it's it's so bad but i i'm thinking of going out playing you know uh um, mid midsummer night golf there uh this year so you know awesome. because it, it's uh it's um daylight all, all all 24 hours so yeah that sounds awesome ian when's your next round probably is also a simulator round um we're doing a little contest down the street at a place called tyson's west golf where we're um folks get three loops around this short par three course on the simulator um for some fun prizes but yeah it's it's winter here uh, we got a second kid coming uh late january so oh boy <laughs> fingers crossed i can sneak away for a day and maybe drive down to pinehurst and get a get a sneak peek at the new number 10 course down there before the the new Baron comes. So that's, that is my goal at least. Nice. Awesome. Well, enjoy guys. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys out there. <laughs>